It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the PHNX Suns post-game show here in the VIP lounge. Your Phoenix Suns defeat the Charlotte Hornets 137-106. They score enough points to lend some to the Cardinals to get a win and still win by double figures. That's how big of a blowout it was for your Phoenix Suns. I'm your host Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. Joined by Saul Bookman, and we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX when you sign up today. Also, don't forget to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Saul, the biggest team win of the year. How you feeling? Whooping that ass, whooping that ass. I love it. That was great. I mean, 30 Blowout victory. Oh, man, that was that – was, I, I was not – that was probably the first game all season where I never felt like they were in trouble at all. Not even a little smidge of trouble. No doubt about it from the first bucket on. Crowder's Cash Club coming through yet again. Thank you very much. Jay, you are the man. Did a same-game parlay. Jay hitting that first field goal. The Suns winning on the money line. Also oh, – can we can we talk about how EJ tried to throw in FanDuel and how oh, yeah. like they had that? I'm like, no, 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 EJ. Yeah, that draft started right here with DraftKings and Espo. Don't even try it, EJ. Another another 17 hundy in the in the till tonight from Crowder's Cash Club. Thank you, Jay. You are the man. Look, eight players in double figures tonight. Eight. This team is unselfish they are great at passing the ball they had let's let's count it they had 35 assists on the night this was the most complete game we've seen from the phoenix suns this was everything but books shots falling at a at a consistent basis and that's okay because he just came back from a seven game uh stint where he was out with a hamstring it was this is the best game of the season so far. It was the best game of the season. It was the perfect scenario for Book to come back to. He he wasn't sharp tonight, as we probably expected he wouldn't be. Um, he got himself into a flow. He had a couple nice shots that let you know, hey, he's still Devin Booker. Um, and he got a lot of rest, at, you know, in the third and fourth quarter. So you didn't need to push him. Uh, like a you know a normal game against a, a tougher opponent or a closer game, I should say. So, I mean, 
from DeAndre Aiden to, J- uh, to Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges probably had, uh, and I hope we can find this tweet, but somebody had posted it. I think it was uh, Jackson Frank or Frank Jackson, uh, so credit to them. They had taken a, uh, a, a, a snippet of Mikhail Bridges in 24 seconds, basically, guarding every single person <laughs> seemingly on the court at the same or at, at a different point in time. His rotation, his individual rotation in that little snippet was probably the best rotation I've seen by a single NBA player in at least 20 years. It was phenomenal. Submit that clip for defensive player of the year just there. It shows the hustle and the basketball. (laughs) By the way, Amanda in the chat points out one of our code crazies. It was nine people in double figures. I missed the campaign. I uh, get an 11. I did not have him uh, at 11. Damn. I had him at nine. So it was nine players in double figures, Beautiful. Uh, which Beautiful. is, which is crazy. I mean, that's just, when you can get nine guys in double figures, that means you're moving that rock around and moving it. Well, uh, you got to love it. But there was one man that stood above the rest tonight. Actually, you know what? Forget that. We'll get to that in a second, but we need to go to the bar. Let's, Let's go, go to, to the, the bar, bar baby. Let's go. You, That's right. The high, so you do the honors since you're back. The, you, the what is hive, our drink of the night here? The drink of the night is the Hive Heist IPA because we absolutely stole the soul from the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Uh, they didn't have a chance. I mean, they didn't have a chance. We were talking about, you know, the, the head of the snake, if you will, um, with LaMelo Ball. Um, he didn't have a great shooting. Now, you knew in the first quarter they were screwed because they weren't hitting any shots. And and the Suns were, and that was that was a key difference. Obviously, that's the difference in the game. But twenty threes on the night—that's a season high for the Suns this year. It was just phenomenal. I could not agree more. I mean, it just overall, like you said, I, there's been a lot of nights where you get nervous that this team might blow a lead. They there was nothing about tonight that at any point you went, oh, I don't know, I don't feel this. It was just. Everything was clicking, and uh, you, our our man Javale McGee is going to be mm. our DraftKings player, no. uh, king of the game, because he had nineteen point seven rebounds, but he's nine of ten, and he was unbelievable. He he slammed the door shut on Charlotte, where Da uh, you know closed it originally. Javale comes in and slams it shut. The best, and we talked about this all while you were gone, but this is the best center duo in the NBA, and by far the first time in Suns history that the center position is one of their major strengths. Oh, it's it was fantastic. And you know what? EJ had talked a, bit, a little bit earlier about sixth man of the year rankings and how Miles Bridges was currently ranked number one and then LaMelo Ball, which I completely agree with, with EJ. How can you win rookie of the year and then be in contention for – or I'm sorry, for most improved player? I'm sorry, this is for most improved player. JaVale McGee should absolutely be in the running for sixth man of the year. That's how damn well he is playing, especially when you see, you know, I, you know, I'll, every time I get a chance to throw shade at our DMVR peeps, All City Network, <laughs> hashtag blessed, um, I love to do it because they always want to bitch and complain about Jamal Murray. If they had Jamal Murray, they would have done this or they would have done this. But they didn't even play JaVale McGee against the Suns last year. And, hey, if you did what the Suns are doing with JaVale McGee now, 
maybe a winner game or two. You losers. So that's why I think <laughs> JaVale McGee is absolutely – it should be in the running for sixth man of the year because he has been playing absolutely lights out, and I, and I do agree with you. That is absolutely the best tandem center duo in the entire NBA. He was phenomenal. Tonight, combined, those guys had 35 points and uh, 22 rebounds. I love to see every single night. Look, uh, and what we didn't mention in that uh, DraftKings – uh, king of the game uh, graphic was the fact that he did it in 16 minutes, 16 19 minutes. points, seven boards in 16 minutes. <laughs> Granted again, he did have his four fouls, but, <laughs> but he came in and he was active. He was hustling. He was doing the things that, that have endeared him to this fan base. And you're right. If, if Denver had looked at that and played him similarly in the playoffs, they probably would have had an impact guy there. The thing is, I think what James Jones and Monty Williams do so well is they look at a guy and they go, how can we maximize that potential? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can we take a guy yep. and, and, and utilize what his strengths are and be okay with the fact that he's a 16, 17, maybe 20 minute a game guy, but we're going to get the most out of him. And we're okay if he has a foul fouls or turn a couple turnovers because we will maximize what he yep. does. And they are so good at it. Monty knows how to get the most out of so many guys. He does it so well. I mean, Cam Payne is probably the biggest example that we've seen, but JaVale McGee is pretty damn amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, as bees in the chat says, JaVale McGee is a per 36 God. That is, is correct. And you can read all about that on gophnx.com. Gerald last week wrote a spectacular article breaking down everything about JaVale's per 36 in that piece. The beautiful part about this is that, you know, Monty gets the most out of, their, out of his guys because their development program, I think, is one of the best in the NBA. And he trusts these players. So when the players have buy-in and they know, like, okay, I know I'm – basically always going to go in like the last four minutes of the first quarter for DA and maybe the, you know, the middle four minutes of the second quarter or whatever to spell DA or whatever. There's a sense of confidence and there's a sense of ownership that comes along with that from each and every player. They know like, okay, this is my role. I'm going to get 15 to 20 minutes a night. What am I going to do with that 15, 20 minutes a night? As, as opposed to what Denver did with JaVale McGee is putting him in, in inconsistent times, inconsistent minutes on a night-to-night -night basis. You never know what you're going to get. And I'm sorry, this ain't Forrest Gump, so that box of chocolates is never going to work. You've got to make sure that these players understand you like that. I see you smiling about that as well. Like uh, just you and, and the glasses. and go. You feel like a wrestling <laughs> heel right now, right? You feel like you should be on Derek Montia's show, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the consistency – uh, for these players is everything. Players are creatures of habit, just like a lot of us are in everyday life. And they like to know where they stand and, and how they're going to be utilized on a day-to-day -day basis. And when that happens, you can start to develop your role at another level. And that's what money's done with these guys. Yeah, uh, Manuel in the chat says, it trips me out how much firepower we have and how many great players we have. JaVale has been our leading scorer on multiple occasions. Crazy good team. And, and, and that's it. That, you, that encapsulates it, right? When you can have nine guys in double figures, that's the way James Jones built this roster, that anybody, any night. I know it's cliche, 
But that's just the truth with this team is that it can be anybody on any night. And that's why the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Didn't know if uh, we were going to get that in tonight, did you? But we, we yeah. did. Of course we did. You just, you, just, you just like to cut that out so you can social it the next day. That's all. Hey, hey look, it's just <laughs> the truth. We've got to embrace it. I mean, Warriors fans don't like it too much when you say that on social, but that's all right. When it's factual, you run with it, and that's where we're at. And and praise to JaVale McGee and what he's been able to do. I think you're right. I don't think a lot of teams have utilized JaVale correctly throughout his career, and, and this is – this is probably the most effective I've seen him. I know he's been part of championship teams. I know that he's he's had big scoring nights in the past, but this is efficient. This is uh, unbelievable. He shot 90%, all right, 90 freaking percent in an NBA game. They're, they're getting the most out of him, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you yeah. want to get the most – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Say, if you want to get the most out of your, uh, your betting, like – your man here does. I mean, again, on a heater with Crowder's Cash Club. I mean, yeah. join the DraftKings Sportsbook app because it's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that'll certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NBA team and win one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they're victorious. It's a great way to put a little extra jingle in that pocket. And let me tell you, when we started back in uh, in September, September 9th to be exact. I took those free bets. I have not put any of my own scratch into my DraftKings account. I've ridden those free bets all the way into Crowder's Cash Club, and I'm going to have one hell of a tax bill because I took that free money and I've turned it into something bigger. And I want to see you, the, the Cove Crazies, our faithful listeners, do the same. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put in the code PHNX, get that $150 in free bets, and then start riding it on Crowder's Cash Club. We'll give you other bets. Go listen to our bet show with the stash behind the Mac, Shane Diefenbach. He'll give you some tips. We'll turn that money into into some more extra. You're going to need so many pockets. You're going to have so much jingle this holiday season with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Remember, 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Now that we got the business out of the way, let's go to the man who was out at Footprint Saturday night, the one and only Gerald Borgay. Gerald, how are you, my man? I'm doing great. We got a nice, quick, like, two-hour and 15-minute game out of the way. It was a nice blowout. No stress. I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? Uh, the timing uh, was the best part of it? I thought I <laughs> thought maybe, you know, the 30-point the, the win, you know, the, the amazing offense. But the fact that we got it in in, in sub two and a half hours is what, what you were looking at, huh? I'll take it, man. I got to be up late transcribing and writing an article. And with the earlier start time, I might go to bed at like 11 p.m. tonight. This is fantastic. <laughs> Old man Borgay. Well, what, what did Monty have to say after this victory tonight, Gerald? Yeah, um, he really enjoyed the Suns balance, obviously. Um, he's been preaching all year, you know, the we score mentality and that, you know, a lot of these guys get their offense within the system. And tonight was kind of the epitome of that. Uh, you insert a guy like Devin Booker. Normally, you expect guys to kind of need some time to figure it out and adjust to their roles, but they just rolled this team. Uh, Book a lot of his offense came within the offense, and Monty said that he liked Devin Booker the way that he had his normal pop. You know, he, he looked like he was gliding up and down. That was the word Monty used. He used the words pop, giddy up, 
and gliding to describe Devin Booker tonight. So giddy up, uh, giddy up. He had his normal giddy up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it was a good win. I mean, they they just pounded this team from the start. Like it was a blowout from start to finish, and that's hard to do in the NBA. So he was he was pretty satisfied with the win, but also said it's early in the season and we still have higher levels to reach moving forward. No, Gerald, just watching this team. Uh, you know, Espo and I talked about this is probably their best effort of the season, um, both ends of the floor, able to limit, uh, you know, Charlotte uh, to what I think it was like 48 first half points, I think, uh, and 15 mm-hmm. first quarter points, more importantly. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it just from top to bottom, would you agree that this was probably their best effort and, and why? why? Why was this so much better than some of the other um, wins of the season? Yeah, I think it was their most dominant performance for sure. Like the other one that came to mind was the Celtics one from a few weeks ago where they were down and DeAndre Aiden played, or I think they were down a couple of guys and and they just played phenomenal that game. But this was just a route and it wasn't close and it was never really in doubt. You know, the the Hornets cut it to like 19 or something before halftime at one point. And the Suns came out the right way to start the third quarter, which has been an issue at times. And I think that's one of the things for me that stood out is – Like, this team is addressing some of its problem areas as far as, like, heading into halftime without momentum or or starting off slow in the third quarter. And I think they've done that the last couple of games now where they've come out in the third quarter and just set the tone for the rest of the second half right away. So, I mean, if they start doing that and they get everybody healthy, like, this is a damn good team already, and they haven't even hit their stride yet, which is kind of scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, tonight for me, what was most impressive, and it may sound insane when your team scores 137 points, but was the defensive side of the ball because uh, it's Charlotte's coming in averaging the most uh, points per game in the league at almost 116. You hold them to 10 below what they usually score. I mean, this defense has such an impact on what this team's doing this year. Yeah, absolutely. And someone was right to point out in the comments that the Grizzlies game was another good candidate because that was a complete blowout as well. Um, but, you know, I don't know, I, maybe recency bias, but I just feel like this one was more impressive just because you're bringing Devin Booker back in. You're still missing a couple of rotation guys. Um, that's a really strong performance in Book's first game back. And when you don't even have to – when you have nine guys scoring in double figures, at least 11 points, and nobody over 20, like – that is pretty thorough. That's top to bottom. That was, this was a really good game, and it's uh, it's pretty scary what the Suns are going to be if they can keep this up. When when we talk about JaVale McGee, um, you know, a, a minute ago, I talked about how he should be in the running for sixth man of the year because he he means that much to this squad, especially coming off the bench and, and supplementing, um, you know, DeAndre Aiden's uh, play. From your perspective, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't see on TV. What are you seeing off, off of off camera um, that le- leads you to believe that this guy, first of all, was underutilized in Denver and mm-hmm. is just such a valuable addition to this team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something I wrote about the other day. Like, you can look at the numbers and see that his per 36 minutes numbers are just off the charts. But, like, behind the scenes, you can also see that he's a hard worker. And a lot of people kind of take that for granted because they think of JaVale McGee as a guy who can only come in for a couple minutes at a time. But he works his ass off to be that guy that can be that productive in those minutes. You know, it's because he's putting the pedal to the metal every second that he's on the court when he's out there. Um, And and Monty mentioned earlier today just kind of the kindred spirit that him and DeAndre Ayton have been 
and his impact on him because, you know, it's something that DA is obviously a hard worker as well. And now that JaVale McGee is here, you know, they're taking 10, 15, 20 minutes after practices together, just working on things together. Um, and it's clearly paying off for both of them. You know, JaVale McGee's 34 and he's arguably having the best season of his career. DeAndre Ayton, I, would, I don't care what the numbers say. I would say this is the best season of his career so far as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where these two are just kind of rubbing off on each other in a really productive manner. They, I do think this is the best center tandem in the league. Um, and so when you have another veteran leader like that with McGee for a guy like DA and you have all these other veteran leaders and you have these youngsters who have been on a finals run already, like that's a pretty potent combo. And I, and I feel like we're really seeing it at that center spot now. Real quick, real quick, before we let you go, um, there's a lot of plays out there um, that I, I saw DeAndre making, Mikhail Bra- making, and it's actually the, the entire team that won't show up on a stat sheet. You know, um, Mikhail's rotations, I, I mentioned a little bit ago. DeAndre actually um, did a great job of recovering back to the basket on one series and forcing a, a bad pass or a bad shot. Um, is this team this year a better defensive team than they were last year? I think they might be. And, and I think it's because I think that extra size that JaVale gives them for the bench unit makes them that much deeper on the defensive end. I, I think they, you know, early in the year last year, they had a lot of things to figure out with that starting rotation the first month or two. I think this year, the continuity, it took four games for them to get that back and to be more on a string and to be more in shape. Um, this is arguably the best defensive Suns team that we've ever seen. And I think that's going to make a huge difference come playoff time because Mikhail's only gotten better. They've only gotten more chemistry and developed that communication on the defensive end, which is important. Um, and they're just deep. You know, They have guys that can come in and play big minutes if need be. Um, and so in the playoffs, when you do have to shorten the rotation a little bit, you can feel a little more comfortable that guys are going to be comfortable with their roles and, and they're going to be able to produce in more limited minutes like that. So I, I do think this is a better defensive team than last year. All right, Gerald, quick one, and then we'll let you get back. Better performance this weekend, Spider-Man No Way From Home or this game? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a No spoilers. One, no spoilers. Two, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers from me, but those are two goats going head to head. Uh, I'm going to go Spider-Man, though. I got to right. go Spider-Man. It's great. That's, that's fair. <laughs> we'll great. discuss that more on Wednesday's show as we, we go to talk about Doc on, Ox. On are we going to talk about Doc Ox's performance comparatively to the Arizona Cardinals today? Or yeah. No? Okay. Oh, All right. Never mind. No. Never mind. No spoilers. <laughs> Gerald, I haven't seen it, it, so I couldn't spoil it. We're good. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Gerald, uh, head in there, hear from the players. We'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday night, live from the Full Purpose. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And I misspoke. I believe that there's a road game on Tuesday. Uh, so I think Gerald will be in studio with us, I believe. But uh, look, man, I, I think this is the, the best defensive Suns team we have ever seen. And I don't think that's going too far out on a limb to say that because they, we, to be fair, we haven't seen a lot of, a lot of good sons defensive teams. <laughs> it's easy to be the best of all time when you've, you haven't really had much to really brag about defensively, but what this team is resembling to me and people right, just listen, just take a deep breath when I'm about to say this, the Spurs, when they were in the, the midst of their run, their rotations defensively were some of the best in the NBA. And it was led mostly by Manu Ginobili and Bruce Bowen 
and also Tim Duncan. And you have the same thing that's kind of mirroring over here with Mikhail, DA, and Chris Paul. And then you sprinkle in everybody else. And that's what I was trying to allude to is that everybody in intelligence-wise on the court understands the rotations so well that they're able to recover, help, and then get back on their man, force bad shots. It's just it's the most beautiful thing to watch when you're watching a team like the Charlotte Hornets who thrive on their offensive side of the ball um, be so inept because of what the Suns are doing to them. Now, there's a part of this where, you know, the Charlotte Hornets just weren't hitting shots as well. They had some open shots that they just weren't hitting. But it's also a large, a lar a large reason for that is because the Suns are speeding them up, getting them out of their rhythm, recovering and helping. It's just it's, – it's beautiful. It's beautiful basketball, and I love it. I mean, they held Charlotte to 36% from the floor and 22% from behind, behind yeah. the arc. That's more than just a bad shooting night. Oh, like yeah. That is, the Suns were in their head. The Suns, like you said, forced them to take shots faster than they would or in places that they wouldn't normally trying to get back in this game. And a lot of that came in the fourth, too. Like, Kelly Oubre started scoring garbage time buckets which which helped buoy some of this. So overall, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. And we talked about it pregame rebounding. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets were 26th in the NBA in rebounding, so the Suns had to dominate the glass. They did 57 rebounds to 43 rebounds. I mean that's that's big. They didn't allow second chance points, which a lot of times that's the downfall in the third quarter if they let a team back into it into a game as as they do that. Uh, and they and they allow too many turnovers tonight. They they kept it pretty clean, although sometimes they were a little too unselfish. Right. They'd make the extra pass that led to a turnover because they were trying to get everybody involved a little too much. So uh, but overall, man, great on the glass. Uh, you know, DeAndre, we haven't really talked about him. He goes 15 points, 15 boards, two blocks. I mean, those 15 boards came in a little under three quarters uh, that he played. I mean, he only played 24, 24 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And and so 15 boards in 24 minutes is damn efficient. And so overall, you get, you know, what is that, 22 boards from your center position? I mean, you almost at your center position, uh, you know, equal half. Uh, you equal more than half of what uh, Charlotte was able to do on the glass as a team. Uh, unbelievable uh, on their part. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we said it earlier with JaVale McGee, uh, DA, even though DA didn't have as crisp a game as I would have liked to see, um, especially against a team that has Miles Plumley, like whatever. Um, I would have liked to see him take Mason, a little bit more advantage of that. Uh, oh, the sorry. other Plumley. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, the, the Plumley, you know, other twin. Um, I, he, he was, he was good. Um, and that's the thing with DAs. Like you always feel like there's another level he could go. Um, and he shows those flashes, but he was solid. Everybody was solid tonight. And when the Suns are solid from top to bottom, there's not very many teams in the NBA. that are going to be able to beat them. There just isn't maybe one, maybe two at the most. But yeah. when the Suns are, when the Suns are as efficient as they were tonight, I don't think there's anybody in the league that can beat them. Not the Warriors, not the Lakers, not the Nets, not the Bucks. nobody. Yeah, but Clay's going to come back after two years, and that'll no. you know, equal that, uh, that potential gap there. Uh, listen, listen. <laughs> We're going to get to this later on this week when, they got, when, you know, when they're about to face the, the Warriors on Saturday. But you know, I'll, just, I'll wait for that time. 
I'll just wait. <laughs> Calvin in the chat says, I love the Suns, but this is the softest and weakest era in NBA history. So cut it out with the best defensive Suns team of all time. Calvin, if you can actually give me another Suns team that you feel is significantly better in terms of individual and team defense, I'd be amazed. I don't care what era you play in. This is solid defense. It's strategically solid. They play as a team like Saul was talking about. Uh, they have some of the best individual defenders that they've ever had in McHale uh, and DeAndre Ayton. Jake Crowder's tough on the defensive end. CP3, when he locks in defensively, is still one of the better guards in the league. Devin's uh, become a much better defender over the last few years. Calvin, I just don't care what era it is. They're playing solid defense. No, it, it, listen, when we compare – teams to other teams obviously we have to take into consideration the the genre or the decade that they're playing in that time frame right and when we're talking about their 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 dominant performance based among the other 29 teams in the league okay comparatively to the the sons of teams past uh are the sons teams of the past in their era we're talking about this is the best this is the best it's not even debatable this is the best defensive team that the Phoenix Suns franchise has ever had at a single point in moment in their history. It's not debatable. It just isn't. You can talk about those Charles Barkley teams. Maybe they were more physical, but they were not as good defensively, man for man, from, from one to nine, that this team is. They just weren't. And you can't tell me if, if this team had to play physical that they couldn't. I, I believe that they can. They're just playing within the rules of the current NBA, and I don't think there's anything uh, <laughs> wrong with that or anything that, that takes away from what they're doing. They are, are capable of taking on anybody's best any night. Coming there's into a... this game, before tonight's performance, they were, had the, they were the third best team in terms of net defensive rating in the entire league. We've never talked about a Suns team being like that compared to their peers in the league, and it wouldn't shock me if they're up to second after tonight's performance. So I just don't see where <laughs> where there's another team that you could really argue here. Listen, for the, for, the, for the largest part of this Suns franchise's history, the center position is what always killed them. Now they have somebody that can equalize it, and they have an equalizer behind the equalizer with JaVale. So – so that's been eliminated or they were facing Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, I mean, what <laughs> and the no defense stops that, that guy. Like, so. No, no defense in the world stops that guy. So it's not the same thing. This team is just so, so much better um, from top to bottom and you got to embrace it. And you got to listen. I think sometimes the Suns fans were like, well, you know, uh, we're always like a little hesitant to, to, to cash our chips into something. But it's okay to embrace this team for what they are. They're a phenomenal defensive team. They play good, solid team basketball, and it's beautiful to watch. And when Devin Booker drops 30 or 40, that's just icing on the cake. Or Chris Paul drops 30 or 40. That's what makes this team so damn lovable. That's what makes this team so damn great. Like, just embrace it. Embrace it. Any guy, any night. That is what this team does. Uh, if you know what? I, I when you say embrace it, I I think of the community, right? And and we embrace this Suns community and the Phoenix uh, sports community as a whole 
here That's at PHNX. And one of the things we're doing for you right now is our PHNX holiday gift box, right? If you have a Phoenix sports fan in your life that you're like, man, I don't know what to get them. I wish I, I you know, I know the time's running out. What should I get them? The PHNX gift box is next level. You get two shirts, right? A year membership and $15 to the merch store for yourself, all for $59.98, right? The price of what our annual membership is, you're getting the two shirts, you're getting the membership, and you're getting 15 bucks for yourself. There's not a better deal in the world. I, I say get it for your significant other if, if, if you haven't gotten a gift yet. Even if they don't like Phoenix sports, it's just that good of a gift. We're giving it to you. All right. That's 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 our gift to you. Head over to the phnxlocker.com. Get your gift box today. You have until tomorrow until that deal runs out. So hurry up and get it. You'll love it. And they'll love it for you giving it to them. So. I mean, that's one way to phrase it, I guess. It is. <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> totally unintentional. Oh, man. We, we haven't had one of these in a while. Out of context quotes. There you go. Very much so. <laughs> uh, so I want to bring up something that uh, an old friend of the show, uh, Jim Rose Circus, brought up to me on Twitter earlier today, Saul, if you don't mind. He yeah. asked, I think Aiton is a max player without Chris Paul. I was chatting with a friend who said because of the position – Aiden plays. He needs Chris Paul to be a max player. What are your thoughts? So do you think he needs, DA needs CP3 to actually be a max player? I think DA needed Chris Paul to, you know, light a fire under his ass. That's what I think. But I think now, to me, from my perspective, what I'm seeing from DA, especially these last this last week, um, it seems like there's been a fire lit under him anyway, no matter, you know, without the help of Chris Paul. And I think defensively, he needed Chris Paul to teach him how to do the things that he needed to do to get this team to where they need to be. And now I think DA's taken that, he's owned it, and he's he's solid. I, I, I would be shocked if there was a drop-off. If CP3 left here in two or three years, if DA just dropped off out of other reasons besides physical ability, like maybe he got injured or something like that, right? So I do think DA is a max player now without CP3, but he needed CP3 to come into the fold to get him to where he needed to be to become a max player. So if that that's kind of like straddling the line a little bit, but I do think one led to the other. But as we talk right now, if CP3 were to get traded tomorrow, DA would still be a max player. Hi. I think with or without CP3, DeAndre Ayton would have been in the conversation to be a max player, especially with what for sure. yes. his contemporaries around him got. What CP3 has done is kind of been the Yoda to his Luke Skywalker, right? He took those raw skills. He took that talent. He helped mold it. He's helped guide it. He's helped give him more of an edge and see things in the game a different way. And I think he's very much done the same for Devin Booker. Uh, you know, he, he's helped these guys understand how to take that game and maximize what they can do in it. Uh, but this isn't the, the Steve Nash effect, right? This isn't Steve Nash helping Marchin Gortat look significantly better with the pick and roll. Look, I love yeah. Marchin, but or Steve Nash had a huge impact on him. I don't think Amari's the same guy without Steve Nash, right? That pick and roll isn't as dominant without Steve Nash, but what DeAndre Ayton 
primarily was doing before and still does very well is scoring near the basket, getting the rebounds, getting those second chance points, doing those kind of things. The pick and roll has just been a nice add-on, right? It's not his whole game. And defensively, uh, well, I think Chris Paul had an impact on his mentality. Uh, I think Monty Williams has been just as important and, and that defensively, DeAndre Ayton would be the guy we see now with or without Chris Paul. Has he helped? Sure. Does he make it, for me, a no-brainer that that DeAndre should be getting that max? Yes. But we'll see. I mean, they may not even max him still. We don't know. No. They didn't do it last offseason. This is a show-me year. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in this offseason? But right now, there's no doubt in my mind that guy uh, is is a max player and continues to prove it. Even even in a night where he only has 15 points, but then you look and you go, oh, he only played 24 minutes and he got those 15 boards. Mm-hmm. That guy is doing what it takes to put away a team early, and that's what they did tonight. The, there's something about DA right now that I just love seeing um, about his demeanor, the way he's carrying himself, um, his performance. He's a, he's a little bit more sure of himself, especially when he catches the ball down low. and Oh my God, guys, they're actually trying to find him down low on the block uh, <laughs> on a more consistent basis, which, yay, we've been waiting for that forever. Um, and so, and, and DA's getting that ball and he's not really deferring as much as he once was. So it's, it's, it, there's something about the way he's, he's operating down low on the paint, his, the confidence by which he's operating that re- really reminds me a lot of like the centers like Hakeem. Uh, David Robinson, when they started to feel a lot more comfortable, not only in the system that they're playing in, but in their own skin, you know, as a big, it takes a little, it takes a lot of time to develop because you have to rely on everybody else to get you the ball. Um, And so when you're not the primary ball handler, it just takes, it takes some time. And it finally starts to, it starts to look like DA is getting into that nice groove um, I'm just excited to see where he's going to be at here in like two months. I feel a DA game coming um, where he might drop 40 and you're like, holy shit, there it is. Wow. <laughs> well, la- last year it wasn't until, what was it, late January that we saw him take that leap where he went that next level. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we have that again this year. If I there is so. another level, you know, and, and, that step that he takes and when will it happen? I, I'm hoping it's, it's soon. How nice would it be if it was a Christmas day, next level DA game where he drops 35 or 40 uh, on the Warriors and you get that coming out party for the former number one pick in DeAndre. And I would love to see that. Uh, and I think we'd all love to see, regardless of whether it's a DA game or not, a big offensive performance under that Christmas tree for us. Yeah, oh yeah, I knew that. That would be the ultimate Christmas present. Uh, I'm not getting any presents this year, so that would be a nice present to get because I just got my present. Obviously, I got married, so um, I, I I think I would I would very much like to see that one from DA. So DA, if you want to reward me, do that on Christmas Day. I would love that very much. <laughs> How many gifts is Miss is getting because she had to marry you? Is there uh, is there like extra listen, Christmas gifts for? There's there's not for enough Mrs. money Bookman? in the world that I have to be able to give to her. I promise you that. <laughs> I, and I apologize, Doctor Bookman. I do not want to it undersell. Bookman, yeah. I do not want to undersell her. Uh, <laughs> look, man, I 
I, I'm going to go a step further than the best defensive team. I think this may be the best Suns team. We've talked about them being the most complete Suns team ever, but I really feel like that we're at a point where they are entering into the best Suns team ever. If knock on wood, touch metal, whatever you're, whatever you're so inclined to do, as long as there's no major injuries. This team is built to continue to just get better. Uh, and and they again, tonight was really nice. We still have not seen a full game out of the Suns where Devin goes off, everybody else is scoring well. Like, there's still more that could come out of this group. Well, I, you know, as well, I always hesitate to say anybody's the best of anything. Um, well, in terms of the best team ever before we hit January. Um, so I won't say that. Uh, I see where your mindset is at. I, I do. And the, and the winning streak helps with that. But uh, again, it's, it's always for me, it's always going to boil down to the postseason. And I think what will separate this team from last year's team is you got a healthy Chris Paul. Hopefully we get to the playoffs with a healthy Chris Paul and we don't have some fluky nerve injury that happens to him. And you have JaVel McGee and you have D.A. and Mikhail and Book who have now experienced um, what the NBA finals were all about in year one, and they're thirsty to get the job done for the second year in a row. So I do feel like all trends are pointing towards this being the best Suns team ever. Um, But again, we have to wait and see until we get to the playoffs, because if they got, if they got bounced in the first or second round, I guarantee you, we would not be saying that they were the best Suns team ever because you got to get to the ship, at least to be in that conversation. Well, you could say best regular season team at that time. Yes. You had your bet at that point for <laughs> this sure. This is the first, this is the best Suns first half team I've ever seen. Yeah. Yes, you got This it. is the best Suns team from October to December that I have ever seen. <laughs> yes. You can put it in the books, all right? <laughs> I, I like that. Let's hedge our bet a little bit. That's fine. Uh, one moment in this game, we said nothing made us nervous. I'm not going to lie. When CP3 got hit on the wrist yeah. and he was shaking it and he was holding it, I yeah. had playoff vibes there for a little bit. I <laughs> had a little, oh this. my God. Like, he was, and then he, he was like Mr. Big in the new Sex in the City where all of a sudden he was like, oh shit. I was like, no, 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 no. No spoilers. This can't happen right now. No spoilers. I haven't seen it's it It's been yet. all over social. I know. At least oh, CP3 anyway. wasn't writing a Peloton when it happened. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, see, you do know. <laughs> I do know. Look, I, uh, <laughs> and just like that. Uh, but uh, look, when he starts shaking that, but then right after we get the CP3 gets the pass, he fakes the pass, and he shoots the three and makes it nothing but net and went, all right, we're okay. Uh, that was like a sigh of relief. So that was, that was good. Uh, we all could breathe there and we got past there's the, a there's a there's a bit of a bit of a salesmanship that he was trying to you know because he was trying to get that foul from the ref so i was like okay how much of this is real how much of this is just a show it's kind of hard to tell sometimes with him yeah uh after after it went like two minutes and it was well past getting the call that was when i was slightly concerned i had a case of the sunday scaries but I, I actually was more concerned when they showed Eddie Johnson's face photoshopped on I don't know what Apollo body Creed. that was. It was, was Apollo, Apollo Creed's Creed? body. <laughs> they need to take Tom Leander's rights to Photoshop away. All right. <laughs> because that was definitely Leander giving him crap tonight since he was calling the game. 
That was fantastic. I, I do like that Eddie is mentioning uh, the Crowder's Cash Club, but he's got to get the name in there soon. I got I to gotta slip him a couple bucks from my winnings and go, just say Crowder's Cash Club. All right, you, you know go. you want to, Eddie. There you go. We are not. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'll text him tonight and say, hey, you come should. on. You hey. should. He can mention that other betting partner if he has to, but I want Crowder's Cash Club on the broadcast. You got to be part of the 3C club right there, baby. The 3C. I like it, 3C. Hey, Hey, it actually looks like our other. Yeah, it works works for us. Double meeting there. Let's go. Uh, So we're not going to be on tomorrow. Uh, Surprisingly, we are going to take an off day, which doesn't happen much. But so the next time we come on here, we'll be looking Suns-Lakers Tuesday night. Uh, on TNT, another national television broadcast for the Suns. Book gets a game in before then, a kind of a, a dress rehearsal before national television. What are you looking for on Tuesday night? What is what is your what makes you most excited about that game? Oh, man, you know, honestly, it's just more of the same. Um, it, the unfortunate thing about the Lakers, because they're in the AARP program, is that they always have somebody that's got a key injury. So it's either LeBron's out or AD's out or whoever's out, right? And this time, once again, AD is probably going to be out. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future because he got hurt again. And so we never see the Lakers at their full strength. And I don't know if we will until we get to the playoffs. So um, if the, the Suns do what they're supposed to do, I think that they're going to win that game easily because if you're relying on Russell Westbrook to help out LeBron, good luck. <laughs> oh, hey, they've got Isaiah Thomas now, right? Isn't that, the, isn't that enough to make the well, difference? Are we going to do this, the, the Isaiah Thomas revenge game? Is that what this is? No, he's had plenty of opportunity for that. This is the Isaiah Thomas playing for his NBA career game uh, yet again, because he's only on a 10 day there. Uh, I don't care about excuses. Anytime it's Suns Lakers, anytime it's in LA, uh, it's, it's a big deal, right? Just because of, uh, of the history here, uh, it's going to be the crypto.com, uh, whatever the hell they're calling it now not the Staples Center, but that building always means something, especially for Devin Booker. With his reverence for Kobe Bryant, you know anytime he steps on that floor with the Kobe retired jerseys above him, that is important to him. I expect us to see more of a traditional offensive night from Devin Booker, uh, Elon Musk, if the Lakers only had Jamal Murray. Yes, if only. We need a shirt that says, if only we had Jamal Murray. Yes. it'll never happen it'll never happen because our t-shirt overlords are in denver but it would be damn funny but uh, look i I think they will they will put it to the lakers they will they will run these guys out of the gym and just out outplay them on tuesday night without ad to me this becomes another game that deandre ayton can do a lot down low uh because and it's going to make the defense a little bit easier, obviously, when you don't have to try to figure out how to play AD and LeBron and Russ for us to a less extent. You know, this is where McHale isn't as big of an offensive uh, impact like he was tonight. He had 16 points tonight. I expect all of his impact to be defensively because he's going to have to focus on LeBron primarily. I just, I don't see, I don't see how the Lakers compete right they they just they have not been playing at a high level 
Uh, I think that we're looking at Vegas even putting the Suns team at a pretty big, a big number and favorite in this game for the first time against the Lakers in, in what would feel like a long time. You said it, um, I think the very first time we, we went down this road, um, when they changed their name to the Crypto.com Arena or whatever the hell it is called, it's the Crypt. And it's, it's, so, it's so apropos to what the Lakers are right now. Um, and until they get a little younger and they, you know, kind of face reality that an aging LeBron, an aging Carmelo, and, you know, uh, a superstar or a former superstar – and Russell Westbrook, that's kind of, you know, he's he's coming to the end of his, you know, his peak years. Um, and then AD, AD habitually injured all the time. It's it's just, it's the crypt. That's what I'm going to call it from now on, the crypt. AD, from a basketball perspective, is the way you treat me on this show. That somehow he has an old men mentality and body despite being in his uh, early thirties. Like he fits right in with this Lakers team because he's breaking down as if he's an old basketball man. It is, it is actually kind of sad to see it because uh, you know, I, I actually kind of feel bad for the dude that he can't I, stay on the court. I don't have so. my violin. Where's my violin at? I don't, I don't know where it went. I didn't say I feel bad enough to like feel bad for the Lakers. I just feel for him a slight bit. There, so it, that'll be an interesting game, and and we will. Yeah, but the, our... the the biggest difference between you and AD is that you actually can fight through injury. Oh, I can, I can I can fight through go. a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, so, look, uh, Caesar, I believe it's Caesar in the in the chat says Sun still pursue Tory Craig again. Uh, I I think they should. Uh, I think depth is key. You can never have enough of it. And if you can get him for the right price from Indiana, uh, it makes sense to bring him back. I'd love to see him and uh, and Holiday from over there bring him in. Uh, if you can get him in at the right price and add depth to this lineup, because you're one or two key injuries away from needing that third wing or that fourth wing to come in. And I'd much rather see Tory Craig filling that than uh, than Ish Wainwright. No, no disrespect to Ish, mm. but he's just not at that level. And and having a guy like uh, Tory Craig, who we saw the impact he can have last year, I think they should pursue. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I, those Ishray Wayne White minutes just, mm, I I just want to go like this. Uh, do I have to watch? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, they, they're a little sketch, but, you know, I, I, I'm sure that James Jones and company are going to make a deal before the deadline that just that makes sense it might even be a dude that we don't even we never really heard of before and we just don't know and all of a sudden they come in and you're like oh shit this dude's always been good this is crazy you know what i mean like who knows because who the hell craig, is tory craig yeah last year i mean i absolutely crapped all over that thing i was like dude this is just a throw-in like they just traded him for cash considerations they're probably trying to save some money and blah 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 because i didn't know what the hell i was talking about and then Troy Craig became one of my favorite players on the team. And the energy that he provided to the Suns, especially in the playoffs, was so vital. So, um, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm glad James Jones does. And that's what we have to rely on. You know what bothers me is some people are like, oh, well, if you trade for Tory Craig, it makes you look dumb because you didn't sign him in the offseason. I'm like, no, I actually think it's much smarter in life to be able to admit a mistake and say, hey, I was wrong there and and rectify it 
than uh, than not and going, oh well, I don't want to be called stupid, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that. Like, no, James Jones will make the move to try to make this team better. Ego does not come in play, especially with a guy like that. He just wants to win a title. And then uh, MCG Blue brought up, uh, will McHale have the bright yellow shoes again? He had them tonight. I told you on uh, on the other night's show that it was he was waiting for a new pair of his yellow kicks to come in. They didn't come in, so they had to have him wearing those Booker purple shoes the other night. He had them tonight. He had an amazing first half offensively. I don't think we see McHale without the yellow shoes. Uh, ever again if he can if he can uh if he can keep himself from having to wear any other shoes i think he will so i'm guessing we'll see them in la agreed agreed i i don't think it's good juju but you know i, I hate those yellow shoes i just hate those yellow shoes I do. They, they, the lakers or the rams i don't know what it is but it's not villanova and it's not the suns so I don't know why he wears those ugly ass school bus shoes. Look, look I do not care. He can wear, uh, he can wear whatever damn color he wants as long as he's going out there and being the one of the best damn defensive players in the league and putting in points when you need it. I don't care if he goes barefoot. All right, I I don't care. I don't care if he wears Crocs out there on the court that are pink polka dotted Crocs. I don't give a shit. Wear whatever you want, Mikhail, as long as you're going to play the way you're playing. That's what I want to see. Uh, Howie Dewey in the chat says, Thad Young is 10 times a player uh, of a Tory Craig. I do not, I don't know if it's quite 10 times uh, that player, but I I get what you're saying, but sometimes it's about what fits culturally the most. And you know how yeah. Tory Craig fits in with this group. You don't know with Thad. You're taking a chance. And if, if, you know, if James Jones decides to go that route, I'll trust him. He's understood the chemistry side of this better than any of, uh, of the GMs we've seen in the last 15 years here in Phoenix, but you gotta, you gotta take that into consideration. You're not playing fantasy basketball. It's not, let's just accumulate the bigger name or the guy with slightly more talent it's how does it all fit together? It's a giant puzzle that you have to try to figure out. And if you play it just like fantasy basketball, you wind up with a roster like the freaking Lakers, where you go, yeah, 10 years ago, this would have been a lot of all-stars. Right now, it's a poo-poo platter of aging veterans that can't get crap done for you. And that's the way you got to kind of look at it, is understand the bigger puzzle. And that's why I think Craig may be um, more on their radar at this point than that, and maybe easier to get than that young you got to keep got to keep that in mind as well is what's the cost right what's it going to take to get that guy here from indy as opposed to san antonio Uh, pop is a tough negotiator uh, over there the whole spurs tend to be uh, and want to maximize that value sounds like indy's in a burn it down phase so maybe there's some value (laughs) that can be had there i agree i agree i i mean and that's the other part of this is that, and you kind of touched on it a little bit is, you know, what, what are teams asking for in return for what you're trying to, uh, you know, accrue. So um, if, if, if the Pacers are looking for assets and they just want to, you know, kind of siphon off what they have, then so be it. And we'll try and get the, you know, we'll try and be the highest bidder at a low cost uh, for this franchise, because there's not a lot of expendable, items out there in terms of draft picks or cash assets or or even players for that matter so 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what James Jones and company does, but uh, I do have faith in them um, that they, they will execute something that makes sense. Um, it might not be everything that the fan base wants, but like I said, Tory Craig wasn't everything that the fan base wanted last year and it worked out beautifully. So we'll see. Well, look, and I think James Jones is a guy again, learns from what's happened and he learned from not picking up a big man, a big man last year at the trade deadline and what that may have cost them during mm-hmm. the playoff run. So this team I think will be stocked about as well as it can be going into the playoffs this year with that experience in their back pocket. And guess what? There may actually be a world in which you get Tory Craig via trade and then Thad got young gets bought out and you bring him in on a veteran minimum too. So there's a world where you can have your cake and eat it too. Don't tease me with a good time, Espo. Don't tease me with a good time. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. So that <laughs> is another edition of the VIP Lounge as your sons win 137-106 against the Charlotte Hornets behind 19 points and rebounds in 16 minutes from JaVale McGee and an amazing defensive performance by Mikhail Bridges. If you have yet to do so, go sign up for that DraftKings Sportsbook app. They are America's number one sportsbook app. Use the code PHNX when signing up. I have, I'm so not used to, Lindsay needs to come back. I'm out of practice in reading these. It's the promo code PHNX. You can bet uh, anything on an NBA team to win. You can win $125 in free bets if they win. It's just that easy. Add a little extra jingle in your pockets this holiday season. Also, don't forget, you got one day left to go pick up that PHNX holiday gift box, two shirts, an annual membership, and a $15 gift card for just $59.98, the cost of an annual membership. You can do something nice for a fellow Phoenix sports fan and do something nice for yourself as well. Get one of those sweet, sweet t-shirts. And we got our new sticker packs, five bucks. You can get those and basically put them anywhere. So that is our show for tonight. You can follow us all. Real, real quick, oh, real uh-oh. quick before you do that. Uh, yes, just sir. got Just got an alert. Uh, I'm going to come in real close to the screen because I can't read for shit. Um, the NBA will allow teams to sign one replacement player for each of its players who are under contract and test positive for COVID-19, effective immediately through January 19th. So there's Saul, that. you and I may be able to live our basketball dreams if this gets too bad. It sounds I'm sorry like that, not- I'm sorry that my screen is black now. I don't know what happened, but, you know, here we go. It's all right. Well, so he, you can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because he's waiting for that 10-day contract. You need somewhere to put that cash that you make from that. You can follow me at Espo. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Suns. We will talk to you Tuesday. We are off tomorrow. A pregame show uh, for the Suns at Lakers, an 8 p.m. tip on Tuesday. We will talk to you then. Ahoy, hoy.